Hey guys, welcome to episode 215 of the podcast with my wonderful guest, uh, Kate Leth. She is terrific. We had a wonderful conversation. I think you guys are going to like it. And therefore, I have to very immediately uh, thank uh, the Twitter handle, Essie Andres. Essie Andres. Um, I'm sorry if I said that wrong, uh, my friend Essie. But uh, you connected Kate and me. You suggested it on Twitter. And um, that's the power of Twitter, everybody. We uh, we went ahead and just jumped right in and did it. So I'm so delighted. Uh, I want to also thank Nicole. Thank you so much for, for helping me uh, work on my website. Um, I don't know if you'll hear this, but if you do, please know how much I appreciate you. Uh, I want to thank Liz for your email. Joseph, of course, for your email. You know, I got some really interesting, thoughtful emails um, based off the Annie Leonard, uh, Leonard episode. And um, I, like many of you, I've sort of gone back and forth with with uh, extreme environmentalism. I certainly don't believe that people should be harmed in any way. Um during acts of environmental protection. Um, I think that, that Greenpeace has a sort of a checkered history uh, and certainly a reputation that may or may not be accurate. But um, but I'm, I'm really interested in the story of stuff. And uh, I think Annie's terrific. So I, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I know a couple of you um, uh, wanted to talk about the, the sort of trigger idea too, because uh, I was sort of coming at it from a like mental health trigger perspective. And I think Annie was coming at it from a sort of issues that make you angry perspective. So uh, we tried to kind of, I tried to kind of cross over into her world, but um, hopefully that conversation made sense for the little qualifiers uh, in this particular intro. Um, so please enjoy this episode with Kate. I want to remind everyone that, um, uh, and maybe I haven't even said it on the podcast before, so I want to remind you for the very first time that uh, my new IFC show that I star in with John C. McGinley, created by Dana Gould and co-starring uh, Nate Mooney and Deborah Baker Jr. is called Stand Against Evil, and uh, it will have an early premiere on Halloween, just because, hey, it's Halloween, and it's a show about demons, Um, and then we'll uh, start airing regularly on IFC. Check your local listings for details. I'm sure it's uh, very, very much uh, DVRable, and um, I love this show, guys. I'm so happy with the way it turned out, and Dean is so wonderful, and the cast is great, and the crew is awesome, and uh, I hope you'll check it out, and uh, show your support on Twitter and so forth. Um, I know we have some time before it airs, but I'm going to try to be more consistent about talking about it in my intros and stuff. Okay, so enjoy uh, this episode. I know you will. Kate is wonderful, and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Now entering Nerdist.com. It's already happened. I'm re- I'm recording now. I already wish you would have talked about the time difference and the uh, <laughs> fact that it's hard to set up like remote recordings with people. Yes. Because you name drop Nova Scotia. Yes. Which is where I'm from. Which immediately launches us right into the like West Coast slash 
Arizona American <laughs> in me who was obsessed with Anne of Green Gables. Oh my god! Which from everyone listens to this podcast knows that <laughs> the words uh, you know Avonlea, Nova mm-hmm. Scotia, Prince Edward Island those are words that become very familiar. My homeland. Very young age mm-hmm. with like zero understanding of what that means, other than when they then made an Anne of Green Gables series, mm-hmm. right? Like a you know mini series or whatever. With Megan follows, um, <laughs> uh, and and then it was like, oh, what's heaven? Like this is the thing that I was reading about that sounded like it was heaven is in fact heaven. Well, yeah, because they filmed it there. They filmed it yeah. there, and it. I mean, it looks like that. Nova Scotia is I like mean, absurdly green. It's, <laughs> and when you have a character like Anne who is making the most of wherever she is, anyway, mm-hmm. then you also have like, oh, and then you just pile her sort of magical perception of her surroundings on top of that. And then you have people who are trying to capture her experience of it. And so everything is the, you know, blossoming trees and beautiful yeah. forests and trickling Creek. It's just like, that's, and I'm from a desert. So that oh, really yeah, seemed no, to I'm, me. That's, that's where I grew up. And I, I mean, I've, I saw a local like play production of sure you did. Anne of Green Gables in PEI once oh, when I was man. younger. Cause I mean, I read some of it when I was really young and I, I have, I like, I forget things very quickly after I read them. Cause I just, I absorb too much. <laughs> I understand. I do too. And, but it was like, that was the obsession for me as a kid. Cause I, I'm blonde and blue eyed. I'm, I'm, you know, Nordic in origin yes, and yes. all I want was to have like green eyes and like curly red hair right and be just like which i feel like you can understand i can i 100 percent can mm-hmm. i don't even have uh that i know of there's not i mean it's certainly my family's genealogy that i know of hasn't been traced back even far enough beyond like a couple of hundred years ago which was still impressive mm-hmm. i guess but um but people always assume i'm scandinavian and oh, I'm yeah, like, my i don't think I'm i have any yeah, i'm Danish. so at least you have what you look like you have instead of me having to constantly go no no i think pretty much just you know <laughs> you got your scottish you got yeah. your french it's yeah my dad's whole family is danish and then um my mom my mom's family is canadian but her grandfather was also danish which is weird because my parents did not know that when they met but like yeah denmark have you been to Denmark? I have twice. Um, I, I went when I was really young, and then I went again when I was 18 for like three weeks yeah, oh, by yeah. myself, which was terrifying. Did you go, <laughs> were there relatives there? Or? Yeah, I had I have some cousins, but I spent a lot of the time um, in like hostels, just kind of on my own. I didn't know what I was doing, and I got there, and I was like terrified. And so was the impetus for that, I want to connect with where I know I'm from? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I had only been there when I was when I was really young, and I didn't um, remember it very much, because I think I was like 11 or 12 the first time I go. And I say that being really young, but again, like I forget things very quickly. Um, so I wanted to do it on my own, and I wanted to see some of my relatives that had grown up, you know, since I'd seen them, they were very young. Um, and so I did a little bit of that, but it was mostly just to actually... Uh, be able to experience it on my own and not like be <clears throat> yeah. led by parents yeah. <laughs> to kind of do your own thing. And it was, it was fun. I guess it's like that backpacking trip that people do sure. um, after high school, before college or whatever. But, uh, and you said you were 18. Yeah, I was 18. Yeah. So just wandering around. Were you, are you an only child? Yeah. Oh, okay. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I yeah, a, I have a half brother, but he's like 12 years older than me and it's, we're not super close. Yeah. But, yeah. It's not the experience of growing up with a sibling. Yeah. Per no, se. I, was, yeah. I was on my own. <laughs> yeah. Did you, were you that kind of kid from early on where you sort of, cause 18 is still for many people, um, some not as much, but I think for many people, 18 is still kind of like 
Some kids stay at home to go to college. Some kids go and have the kind of I'm at a college experience, but they need the the sort of security of being in a dorm or they're oh, in an no. apartment with their friends versus someone who at 18 is like, I'm going to go to Denmark for three weeks by myself. Yeah. Like that's, is that, a, is that sort of <laughs> representative kind of, of you? Yeah. yeah. That's the kind of kid I like, I moved out on my own when I was 17 um, with like a stranger in yeah. a really, really shoddy apartment building <laughs> that I think later got condemned for just like incurable bed bugs. Oh, like, no. <laughs> just, they kept getting rid of them and they would just move oh, apartment no. to apartment to apartment. And then eventually they were like, this is a lost cause. Just like, like, I've never had down. an experience with bed bugs. I've had them twice, dreadful. and it is dreadful. You have to. How small are they? Um, very tiny. They're about the size of like a grain of rice. Okay, and um, but they are like the scariest thing in in the world <sighs> to me because you have to get rid of like everything you own. And um, I had I used to have this really beautiful wooden bed frame that was like that was my big present from my parents when I moved out was they bought me a bed like a nice bed and a big mattress and that was really cool. Uh, kind of all the things for them to buy you. I know, but <laughs> to be a thing like, that welcomed bed bugs. I know, and then but the but the bed frame was wooden, and they can live in there for up to three years without you know, like seeing them. So after I got them, like we we had them, we fumigated. I got rid of all my stuff. The the one advantage when you live in Canada and you get bed bugs in the winter is that um, the only things that will kill them are extreme temperatures. So you can either freeze things or you know, cook things. Uh-huh. So people will like put their clothes in the oven or whatever. But sure. luckily for me, both times it happened were in winter. So I just left it in bags on the porch overnight. Yeah. Canada is uh-huh. so cold. Uh-huh. But after the second time we realized they were in the bed frame and I had to get rid of it and get this like dinky little metal uh-huh. thing. Uh-huh. I was in college. I had no money. So well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Yes. Never get bed bugs. That's my advice. Those little creatures. And I guess they come if they, they can come back if you're in a building mm-hmm. and like one area is fumigated and I'm sure they just sort of like well, and I, migrate to a different place or... Yeah, the two times that I got them was two different apartments. So that was wild. <laughs> also, like, <clears throat> it's such a specific... It's not like it's like dining table bugs. Like, it's there's something so incredibly creepy about the idea that there's a reason... That I'm assuming that they live in beds, which is what they do. They feed off of people. I yeah, mean, is that that? They do. It's like they mosquitoes, do. They, I mean, where it's sort of you, yeah. yeah. So they don't just bite you because incidentally you're in their world. They're like, thanks for letting us live off of you. Yeah, we live underneath you. Your neighbors. So hard to find, and it just like Whoa. it gets in your head because even after you get rid of them, which we did, you know, and it's expensive, and especially when you're in college and you're like living off ramen noodles and you sure, like, you know, um, trying to pay for fumigation. Yeah, nothing and- can go wrong when you're that age there just isn't anything there's no there's no fat you can like yeah we'll just skim off this little savings i've been yeah yeah and um my my roommate um the second time it happened she was allergic to them so it was like imperative that we fumigate and get rid of them immediately because she would swell up like crazy god and so we had to do that and it was a lot to deal with um but you it's like a psychological thing too where yeah. they they but like physically when you get bitten by bed bugs like it messes with your head and your like body and you get nightmares and then for months no. and months and months wait you're saying it messes with your head like there's actually there's something, something in, in when the, they bite like if you what? get bitten yeah i know it's Kate, disgusting this can't get sorry. Any worse. <laughs> i know anyone listening who's ever it's um, like the, had them it's like the like cat reliving. like the cat scratch or like the cat poop like the things yes. the parasites that get yeah. into your head and make you a different person and then for six months afterwards if i was sleeping anywhere like it didn't matter where and you feel an itch you're like up yeah up and you because it's so hard to find them 
Um, because unless you like find one, you don't know if you have them. Because as soon as you turn the light on, they're just like gone. Oh. So you have to like jump up and like check your mattress with a flashlight and stuff like that. It is it's awful. Nova Scotia. I mean, where I'm from in Halifax has like a bed bug problem, just like New York does. Oh, no. I mean, New York has it yeah. really intensely, but. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not I don't remember anything about bed bugs when people in Anne of Green Gables were in Halifax. It was probably, like, after her time. Well, I'll tell you what, though, the whole don't sleep tight, you know, mm-hmm. don't let the bed bugs bite thing, which is, like, as people a child, you hear that, and you're like, the bed bugs, oh, don't let them bite you, yeah, and it's the, it's a horrible waking nightmare. Yes, and it's, I mean, it can happen anywhere. A lot of people think it's just places that are dirty, you know, but it's, they just, they can travel in suitcases and stuff like that, it's... I'm sorry. No, no. What if I was like, I mean, I don't want to say we've spent the first 10 minutes talking about bed bugs, but, but we we've kinda, spent we close to the first 10 minutes because it's terrifying. It is really, it's one of my scariest experiences. Oh. And it took me so long to be able to sleep through the night and not like, but to be honest panic. with you, I wonder if there's like, even if that's the, that's a horrible, horrible thing to happen. I mean, I wonder if there was part of you that's like, well, at home, I've had this. Yep. Might as well spend three weeks in Denmark. <laughs> like it's not gonna. How bad could a bed be in Denmark? Could be. I have bed yep. bugs, but I know what those are like. You know, <laughs> it's true. I think there's a lot of experiences that once you have it, you're. I mean, it's horrible. But then afterwards, you're like, well, okay, I, I got that. through on the other side. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I do feel like that's true. I feel like there's also just a host of things waiting that I that may or may not ever happen that I won't know. That I can get through until I do. Well, luckily, I feel like um, the L.A. climate is not really conducive to them because it's too hot yeah. a lot of the time. Like extreme temperature places, they don't yeah. tend to Well, yeah. To I live, mean, Arizona, so. for yeah. me, it was like no, that was not – I mean, there, mind you, there are plenty of awful insects and creatures that live in Arizona. I but like to imagine just like so many people listening to this right now just like scratching. Just Probably. Like, I kind of feel like I have some – yeah, I have some little like, ghost itches for don't sure. don't have them. It's fine. You're okay. Okay. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> Right. Now, and so when you went to Denmark, um, mm-hmm. my experience of being there, uh, and these guys know, is that everyone spoke better English yep. than me, for Absolutely. the most part. And so there was something very, I mean, it's hard because you, you can certainly, it still can be very immersive where you don't have to have the experience of just being like, well, listen, I, everyone speaks my language, so I don't have to worry about it. But the, but it's But it's definitely different being in countries like that where people are just so comfortable speaking English rather than a place where you really are immersed and kind of have to fumble your way through. Well, it was really interesting because I spent the first two weeks in Aarhus, which is mm-hmm. not um, a primarily English-speaking area of Denmark. Right, yeah. It's a little more, um, you know, not not remote but That's it's true. not a tourist area so much yeah um so i was staying in a hostel uh and then you know part of it staying with a relative people who who spoke sort of broken english and and so there wasn't a lot of talking and i, I got to a point at, at one point where I, I talked to someone in a store and realized i hadn't spoken out loud in like three days oh sure sure <laughs> and i'm sure people also assumed that you were you know danish yeah well i look the part yeah <laughs> so because people thought that about me too and mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah yeah i bet and I just did a lot of because I didn't know what to do, and I'm I'm a very like anxious and nervous person. So I spent a lot of my days just you can rent those city bikes in in yeah. Aarhus, and I would get them and just like 
bike around yeah. <laughs> and look at things because I had no idea what to do. I didn't have very much money. and um, But still, as a nervous and anxious person, you, anxious person, you still made the decision to do that. You know, I just think that's interesting because that's the kind of, you could also start that, you know, descriptive about yourself and say, and that's why I don't go anywhere. But, you know, you still oh, yeah, took and I those adventures. Constantly now, yeah. you know, and they, it was weird because, yeah, the two weeks that I spent there um, and then my last week of my trip I spent in Copenhagen and it was so strange to come back to everyone speaking English or yeah. most people speaking English and you know in any I mean Copenhagen's such a big tourist center and and everywhere you go people just assume that you are an English speaking person right and that was it was almost like culture shock after two weeks oh, yeah. of just not talking to anyone or using my extremely broken like minimal yeah. Danish knowledge to get by and that was it was neat it was really it was a cool experience I love Copenhagen and I spent a lot of time just walking I loved Aarhus too I really mm-hmm. liked the kind of college vibe of a lot of it and yeah, yeah but in it definitely like the museum there was beautiful mm-hmm. and very cool and but it yeah it's definitely it's definitely interesting to be in a place where there is like a natural homogeny where I you know I feel like I spent so much of my life <clears throat> trying to avoid communities where everyone looked the same yeah and so it's interesting being you know when you're whenever you're traveling in a small if you're in a small country and you know there just hasn't been a lot of there, there haven't been a lot of I mean certainly there's obviously like all of those uh, countries have constant conversations the same way we do about immigration and mm-hmm. but if you don't have a ton of emigration or immigration in such a small place where there just isn't going to be that much. There's going to be a lot of like, oh, yeah, okay, everyone kind of stayed put, I guess, because yep. <laughs> most people sort of look the same. But, but I mean, to, I, yeah, I to have it go, oh, wait, this is just a thing that happens because it's so un-American in that way where, well, you know. I mean, I'm Canadian, and so I, I grew up, again, in this, like, really small town, and Nova Scotia and Halifax are, like, overwhelmingly white places. That was my next question. They are. Was, I mean, yeah, yeah. that's just I mean, what I mean, Arizona from. border, totally different. Totally but, different yeah, experience, yeah. you know, and so I grew up in, in a very, like, <laughs> it's like this tiny little sort of Petri dish. I guess everyone's very similar, and then, um, I mean, in this sort of more remote places of Denmark it's very much the same sure you know it's every I mean everybody looked like me yeah yeah. (laughs) until I mean until you get to Copenhagen right and this is it's a funny thing too that I'm sort of experiencing now because I lived in Nova Scotia pretty much my entire life I lived in Ontario until I was about 11 and then we moved to Nova Scotia and so I mean all of my memories and all my growing up were there I went to college there I dropped out of college there and then I went back to college and dropped out again there (laughs) (laughs) I can never make up my mind about anything understood and then um yeah just this year I moved to LA and it is I mean, you can't imagine two places that are more different. Absolutely. So adjusting to that has been, you know, way more of a culture shock. And uh, it's it's neat. I feel like it's long overdue because everyone, you know, people go away to college. And in Canada, you go to Montreal or you go to Toronto or you go to Vancouver or, you know, places that are a lot bigger and have a lot more diversity and they have a lot more, just more of yeah. everything. And then I moved from like the littlest, <laughs> the littlest nothing place, yeah. a really, really sweet place to... Um, you know, this huge, crazy city that is LA. And it's, it's been really interesting. What, how, how big, uh, is Halifax in terms of just like kind of population? Like it's like, it's not, it's in between a town and a city. Mm-hmm. I think Nova Scotia, the whole population is like a million people or something. I, I don't, I'm bad with numbers. Um, I'm an art person. <laughs> no, I understand. But- <laughs> yeah. Those, I, I'm trying, you just, it doesn't really do anything for me unless I have a content, like I can sort of 
take a context and go, okay, well, if Nova Scotia, I know Nova Scotia yeah, is so, a large body of land to only have a million people in comparison with something like New York State. Do you well, it's like Halifax to me is like smaller than Burbank. So. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> but, a good way of thinking yeah, of it. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, the sort of the downtown in Burbank, like the San Fernando mm-hmm. Road area. Okay. That's like downtown Halifax. Yeah. But like just that one street. Yeah. And then, you know, the rest of it's residential and there's like five universities. So it's, I mean, it's a big university town. The population doubles every fall. Oh, wow. Um, and it's the, also the only time, like not white people come to town. Sure. Sure. <laughs> because of where we are and it's great. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very, it's very small. You know, everybody, like if you go, if you're in any way, a social person and you go downtown of a, of an evening, right, um, right. you will probably run into somebody, you know? Yeah. So did you feel that, and, and were you uh, a misfit or is it a town that embraces misfits or was, or did you feel like you were being exposed culturally to the same kind of thing as other people? So there was a certain point at which something broke wide open for you, if that makes sense. Um, well, I just like in terms of me. Me, like always being like weird <laughs> yes right um, my favorite yes that's why I, you wanted red hair and green eyes because yes. as i discovered in uh, maybe it was with colleen smith who is uh, a wonderful henson puppeteer and also has red hair uh and had red hair as a uh, native born to hawaii mm. um uh i was like wait a minute why am i just now realizing that like every adorable misfit odd child it has red hair in literature <laughs> no wonder we all wanted it we all wanted to be like annie or Meg Murray from A Wrinkle in Time or like all of these, you know, kids that I have this I wanted to be of... the goth character in like every story. Um, I, <laughs> I, so when I was in high school to like give you a picture, I, um, I had black hair, straight Betty Page bangs and I wore, it was like, so in junior high, I was really into Avril Lavigne because okay. I'm from Canada and I was like, it was like acceptable punk. Uh-huh. It's you know like sterilized punk uh-huh. that's safe for someone well, who's in grade seven. Like Alana's Morissette, sort of like yes. this is a very educated, very angry, but very nice Canadian person. Yes, like, they're still and, the sort of- and you know I loved her stuff too. So yeah. I I went from like my junior high look, which was very much like ties over t shirts, like Dickies pants with like super. See, because this was all. I mean, I'm like twenty, just twenty eight next week, um, and uh, so that was my whole experience. Was like going to high school was sort of the mid two thousands, and like emo and pop punk were like our whole world, mm-hmm. <laughs> but and musicals for me, which I like kept hidden mm-hmm. because I was, you know, really, really into goth stuff and like listened to Evanescence every day, but I was also super into wicked and I just didn't want anyone to, to know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, was, is that because there was, would you say that there was a wicked loving type at your high school that, no, do you know what I mean? There was like, that was the era where being a poser was like the greatest crime you could possibly commit. <laughs> I think that might right? be, yeah. Cause that was true for me too. And I'm older than you, but I mm-hmm. definitely think, yeah, there's something about that age where you have to like what you like and be consistent, mm-hmm. not for everyone, but I think definitely when we were both teenagers, I think there was, there was definitely, because it must be that really important kind of like for a lot of kids, that's when you're really sort of choosing who you are and, and those things mm-hmm. become so important because it is the sort of like, I got to figure out what I like. And then it's very important to me to project that outwards, especially I think for artistic kids, because maybe if you're, you know, maybe I I have friends who weren't as into the kind of arts 
um, back then who were like, oh, no, I mean, I just like listened to whatever was on and I, you (laughs) know, on the radio and I didn't really, I just dressed how I saw other people dressing, but I didn't think about it. And then I have, you know, I've had other guests who were like, oh, no, that was, it was so important to me to kind of have this identity that I was wearing and expressing all the time. Yeah. I've always been a person who, like, I don't think I've ever looked normal. (laughs) There's maybe a brief period. Because I mean, okay, when I was, um, I'd say probably 11 or 12, I I cut all of my hair off and dyed it like neon red. I got my first tattoo when I was 14. Like, oh, I, wow. Okay, that's early for sure. Very early. Um, I didn't get my second one until I was 17. But Did you get those in Halifax? Yeah. Or were you somewhere else? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in a really, really shady store that has since closed down. Yeah, did you because go in as a 14-year-old? I was yes. going to say, it's my not mom, like you brought your mom with you. Or did I you? tell people all the time when I talk about it is that I think my mom thought it was going to be like that thing where you catch your kids smoking, so you make them like smoke a whole pack of cigarettes. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like... I really want a tattoo. And my mom was like, fine, I'll take you to the store thinking I was going to like chicken out yes. or get scared. Yes. And I didn't. And I got it. And then, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's an amazing backfire. <laughs> Have you ever talked to her about that? Uh, not really. But I mean, my mom has a I bunch of that tattoos theory. now. Too. Oh, okay. Yeah. She, she had a few. And then my, my parents got divorced a couple years ago. And then after that, she was like, I'm going to get tatted up. And she, um, she's actually coming into town on Friday and I haven't seen her since uh, January, which is really exciting. And, uh, but she, she cut a bunch of her hair off and has like a purple mohawk now. Holy shit. <laughs> my mom is extremely cool. Oh my God. What were your, so what were your parents like when you were in high school? What were they? Well, I mean, my mom is so different now. I think they were, it was like in a weird place when we were in high school. My parents were kind of hippies and, uh, very like chill with everything. Do they have you young, older, mm, older? Just I think random. my mom was like 31 when oh, I was yeah, born. Like so that's 30, not 31. really, that's like, neither, I, I neither this nor that. Yeah. I definitely usually had older parents than the rest of my friends. Um, but not like significantly. And yeah. you know, that's like a standard age now. <laughs> yeah. It really, I was going to say <laughs> now it's I know like, that's kids young. In their 20s, I'm just like, oh, you must, yeah. be, you must be very rich. That's right. Um, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Especially Americans, because at least in Canada, we can have babies for free. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they were, I mean, they were hippies. They were pretty chill. They, like, I, both my parents were atheists and very, um, just like into funny stuff. So they, everything that I sort of went through, like, I came out to my parents as being bisexual when I was like 11, like before I had any concept of like what sex was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just was like, I'm pretty sure that I'm also into girls. And I remember telling my parents and they were like, yeah, cool. Like, sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Nice. <laughs> Which is so strange. Like I definitely had an atypical experience in that way where they were like pretty chill about everything. Um, yeah. And then I, I don't know. I mean, I just talked to my mom now, but uh, she's, she's awesome. <laughs> did you, uh, and did you, what were your friends like when you were in high school? Did you have friends who were sort of similar or, God. I mean, I know that you, yeah. Um, it was so, I mean, I would change, but, um, I, a lot of my friends in high school, in the beginning of high school, I had all my goth friends and were they friends who, because it's a small town, were yeah. these kids that you had grown up with and you guys all kind of discovered the stuff at the same time? Really? New no. friends. Um, because I, we, I went to a different school every year until grade seven. Okay. So we were constantly moving. Oh. Um, so the the longest I had known anyone when I started high school was like two or three years. Oh yeah, because you moved from Ontario when you were eleven, anyway. So yeah, there really wasn't so much I just room. and even yeah, when yeah, we yeah. were in Ontario, I was constantly changing schools. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't I didn't really have a lot of history with people. So which is kind of great. Like, I mean, yeah. it's sort of weird and great to be able to sort yeah. of you know go well. Who, who do I want to be? So I fell in with the goth kids. Got super into like the Distillers and Brody Dell, and wore my hair spiked like all the time. And then I grew it out to be like long and black. And then I got really into improv and mm-hmm. was like a competitive improv. Kid. Oh, cool! I didn't know. That. 
that about you. That's yeah, awesome. That was my last two years of high school. And okay. then I got like a little more normal. I, I tried to bleach my black hair, which was a horrifying experience. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recommend it. To go from bl- I've done black it almost to white. Is, yeah. Yeah. Because my hair like two years ago was black. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, a painful experience. Uh-huh. I think I floated between a lot of different groups of friends. Um, and last, the, my last sort of year of high school was the closest I ever came to being like popular just because the guy I dated was like popular and mm-hmm. well-liked and very like nice and normal. Whereas everyone else I had sort of been associated with was like really weird uh-huh. <laughs> on the fringes. And, uh, you know, he had a trampoline and he was cool. So wow. A it was nice. <laughs> that's hot. That's heavy currency that's when you're a teenager. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if I, I mean, I feel like I did some, I did some trampolining, but I don't think I did any, by the time high school rolled around, I think that was a point where I was like, oh, I'll, I probably already was like, oh, I'll break my neck. <laughs> Those days are over. I'm too, I'm too big. I'll break it. No, nah, man. I, I loved it. I, I love that kind of stuff. It That's was, great. It was cute. I mean, the, the place I grew up with and the place I went to high school in that area was like very idyllic. Yeah. So even though we were the weirdos, we were like one of, we were like the seven weirdos in the whole town. Right. Right. <laughs> and do you, and would you characterize yourself too as sort of, like still a really nice person. Like I was definitely very goth, but I was also like a total goofball and you know, I would wear black lipstick and that didn't mean that I wasn't going to also just be like completely giggly with like fellow nerds in the classroom that look nothing like me or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing is when, you know, you look up to all those sort of goth characters that are always like very sullen and very self-serious. And I have never been like that. I mean, I've been sad, you know, I, I, I always have sort of struggled with that, but, um, I definitely have always been like a goofy, weird, fun. I love comedy. I love, you know, funny stuff. And, and I just liked, I felt like that look was me at the yeah, time. Yeah. I mean, I, that's exactly how I felt. I think, mm-hmm. and I think I also had, yeah, to your point, I think there's, it's nice when there's a thing that, I mean, I definitely feel like there was something about that look that felt very empowering to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and still does, you know, there's, there's something about it that feels like that, that just feels like it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel utterly fuck you, but it definitely <laughs> feels like, yeah, I got, I know what I'm doing. Like yes. I, there's something about it that feels like, which is funny because, you know, here it is this, this kind of established look. It's not like my version of that is like, well, I wanted to dye my hair silver and only wear jumpsuits or whatever, like whatever thing would be kind of not anything yeah. per se No, I, I versus had like the a look where you're like, look. well, I need to be very unique and individual. Therefore, I'm going to embrace this look that very <laughs> clearly identifies me with X, Y, and yeah. Z. Yeah. I, it was like, you know, knee high striped socks and, and mismatched Chuck Taylors. Great. Obviously. Great. You could not wear the same right. color on both feet or, <laughs> or Doc Martens yeah. that I had like giant stickers of cat eyes on. Um, fishnet sleeves. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Every day. Fishnet um, sleeves. Got to get those fishnet sleeves Which on. I, you like, don't know when you're going to have to catch fish in an emergency. And I mean, try and imagine. You sling them up with your hands. Although I guess it's like an era difference, but like we didn't have Hot Topic. Like this is Halifax. Yeah. In, were you good will shopping? How yeah, there you? was a lot of like thrifting, um, yeah. a lot of buying stuff at Sears and then cutting it up or, you know, cutting the sleeves off T-shirts or whatever. Um 
it was it was like make the best of what you can sure. you know they, we didn't have like chains that you could wear so you'd buy them from like the petco pet yeah 100 exactly. same you know. yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> you know make like dog collars and like necklaces and stuff out of things yes. you buy at pet stores because like, we had there's nothing you know yeah. you couldn't i remember that i got to a point in high school where like the Sears near us started selling colored tights and it just changed my world. <laughs> this is an era before Amazon and even Amazon, oh, God, yeah. even Amazon in Canada didn't, you couldn't order anything other than books until yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's also changed my life since moving here. Amazon is amazing. Oh, I know. Um, I mean, it really, it's so good. Yeah. But yeah, it was and a lot. Oh, a lot of like, um, buying tights and cutting holes in them intentionally, <laughs> like ripping them intentionally. Yeah. So you look really tough. Yeah. Um, even yeah, though you got to do a couple you, of serious scraps <laughs> while you were wearing your purple tights. Exactly. <laughs> As if I wasn't just at home playing World of Warcraft every yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's a, that's a good next question is kind mm-hmm. of what hobbies were. Because I know that you said you liked comedy and your parents kind of were also like a, like funny and relaxed mm-hmm. in in certain ways and and uh i guess that's that's a good question i know you secretly like musicals yes i know now that you played world of warcraft yeah. uh yep. <laughs> were you but when when did you start drawing and stuff was that always a thing too like yeah i um so it's sort of niche to describe because people don't always know what i'm talking about but um are you familiar with emily the strange like the character yes, yes. okay so that stuff came out when i was in early high school probably 10th grade and i was obsessed so it's this like caricature of this like sad teen like teen girl who has like black hair and straight bangs which is why i had black hair and straight bangs Great. because i just wanted to be this character and i started a fan art website where i would just like draw her yeah. using sharpies and yeah and very paper. much still a thing so many people's tumblers are Absolutely. dedicated to this is the kind of art that i do yeah. yes so i did that but this was kind of an era before that you know we were yeah. still sort of in web rings at this point in yeah. time yeah and i um got contacted by the people who actually made Emily the Strange and the creators of that. And um, they were like, oh man, you draw this cool fan art and you look exactly like this character. Like, do you want to sort of be like a face on our website and we will just send you stuff and, you know, send us pictures of you wearing it or whatever. And uh, that's huge. It was crazy. Yeah. And so I would get this box every month of like Emily the Strange t-shirts and plush oh dolls and keychains and stuff like that. And so it was pretty much all I wore for about a year. And then, yeah, they would use my fan art on their website. I got to like beta test stuff before it came out. And uh, it was really funny because I actually saw the two guys at San Diego Comic-Con this year and told them this whole story and they like completely did not remember oh me. really <laughs> i was gonna Which say fine i think i was expecting some sort of no, end game to like, this story where like, you're like oh, cool and then they started crying with joy when nope, i finally nope, met them. no clue who i was oh, which is that's fine funny yeah I yeah, get yeah. It. it was like yeah. you know 12 13 years ago but yeah um it was that was you know that was my whole scene for a while and that was like my first sort of dabble into putting anything of of my own online sure and i didn't really do that again until after um i dropped out of college the second time and uh started doing comic stuff which was only like five six years ago so. yeah what were you studying when you were in school both times um photography oh okay and cool yeah funny i i actually i went to school for makeup too mm-hmm. 
and got a diploma doing that and worked for Mac for a while. Yep. And uh, so I've done a little bit of everything, but I never writing, like never mm-hmm. intended to end up as a writer. Mm-hmm. just kind of happened, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is neat. Yeah. And very indicative of like how my life works. I just sort of jump into new things every couple of years. I very much understand that. Out. I very much understand yeah. that. Especially if you do, or you're a person who has multiple interests and you don't sort of have, you feel you don't feel like you were born with, which some people do feel like they have this sort of, you know, calling um, on some no. level. And, and I don't, I never... I mean, the stuff that I'm doing now, I like, I love. I mean, it's now it feels like, oh, I would really miss this. But mm-hmm. most of the stuff that I did, including acting in school and stuff, was not like, God, if I didn't have this, I don't know what. You know, yeah. it was just, all, I was always sort of ready for something else to catch, to be passionate about, because I would see other people being so passionate about stuff. Like, this is and my And I thing. would go, God, like, this I is want, my one thing. why don't, have, have I just not found that yet? Or no. am I just going to kind of really like a bunch of different stuff and, that's and possibly was, never be amazing at any of it, but maybe yeah, be exactly kind of it. good at a lot of it. I've been kind of good at a lot of things my yeah. whole life. And that's just, you know, I was like, I was also, okay, so I'm trying to get into like, what's like the interesting stuff about my childhood? Um, I was a Ritalin kid. So in school, yeah. I um, I was like, not creative for that entire period of time because yeah. it just like shuts down that part of your brain. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't anymore. I feel like they fixed it. Yeah. But, um, for you, certainly. The stuff that's... I was taking yeah. was like no creativity, but I was like months ahead in, in my school work, you know. <laughs> Great question mark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was interesting. And um, like I eventually, my parents and I, we just decided to take me off of it because I was like a zombie that was great at math. Yeah. And that's just not really who I am. Yeah. Um, I tried it again in high school for a little while, actually, when I was still on the improv team because I was just having a really hard time like focusing. Well, I was gonna. And, that was my very neck. The yeah. thing that my brain immediately <laughs> jumped to was like, "Oh, I wonder how this plays into or doesn't with improv." Yeah, so I tried it for like six months on a different version, the stuff Concerta, which was like it's like low dose time release Ritalin, mm-hmm. um, and we did that for a while because I was just. I had like a terrible time focusing. I'm I'm a very easily distracted person now. I make a lot of lists. I know I do too. I have so many lists. I could take you on a tour of my house of unfinished projects, and they're not like oh, absolutely. People think that that means like this is the birdhouse I started building, which sometimes could be true. Yeah, but it is also like oh, this like if I take you into my bathroom right now. There's a bunch of makeup sitting on there because this morning I was like, I need to go through all of this and start getting rid of some. Yep, and then I just wandered off. Yep. And yep. started doing something completely That's different. Absolutely, all, me. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. start a lot of projects, and seeing them through is rough. Um, yeah, I have a very, very like rigid Google Calendar, and there are alerts for everything. Good for you. I will forget. That's probably why it worked out so well. But yes. both you and I, and 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 shout out to our listener, and I'll make sure in my intro to actually uh, remember who this person was because someone who's a fan of both of us said mm. you should have Kate on your podcast, and uh, and I was like absolutely hundred percent, and then you and I connected and yeah. that was like two days ago yep. and we are here podcasting yes. right now and sometimes like, we that's better now, we won't 100 <laughs> percent because this is the first time guys that i can say maybe honestly the first time if not close to the first where i, I don't have to say we finally did it kate what has it been a year and we finally did it like yeah, there's like something days ago. very mm-hmm. powerful about but you want to do it you're free great we're done we did it this it is awesome yeah well yeah because also like we were going to schedule it but my mom's coming in on friday and she's yeah. gonna be here for like a week and a half and i was like well i can't yeah it. you know I'm and that's how time drifts and especially if we both do cons which we both do always then th- 
then not only are you always gone, but, and I've said this on the podcast before, the concept of time warps immediately. It is, it's not to say, it's not even as exact as like, and this is why anything that involves like sort of not like necessarily time travel, but although certainly, you know, many of us love that kind of stuff too. And I do, but just the sort of exploration of the concept of the perception of time in and of Mm -hmm. itself is so fascinating to me because I can't say that going out of town, like there's no like mathematical formula of going out of town equals it feels like X amount of time has passed <laughs> when really X amount of time has passed. It's not that. It's like the whole concept gets thrown out the window yeah. and you're sort of hovering above. Like that's sort of how I feel when I fly sometimes. Yes. You sort of, you, you actually feel not just metaphorically that you're, you know, or not just literally that you're hovering above the earth, but yeah. metaphorically you are too. And there's oh. a sort of suspension of like, it almost feels like nothing like I'm in it's even though I'm moving, I'm in a stillness. Oh man. And so when yeah. I come home, I so it's hard. not that I'm like, Oh, I just got back or I just was gone. I, I, I couldn't tell you. It's like, it yeah. feels like an eon has passed and mm-hmm. no time has passed. I actually, over the past couple of years, because I do, I mean, also a lot of conventions, you know, I was at two the last two weekends and that is very draining. Um, but I actually started really loving flying in airports. I don't, I mean, I don't, it's such a mixed bag because I hate flying for uh, having to get to the airport, especially LAX, which is a nightmare and um, like TSA and all of that kind of stuff. Like I hate all of that. Right. I hate those things. I hate, you know, that the to and from the airport, I hate the scheduling. I hate just that whole time suck, but I kind of love when you're in the air and just there's nothing. Yeah. And you can just watch a movie or yeah. you can just get the work whole, done. The whole Wi-Fi thing is is also a mixed bag because there are sometimes it when it's the most helpful thing in the world. And sometimes and you're, just sometimes like, I don't you're like, I can't, I don't, I don't want to have that no. little yeah. string connecting me to everyone who's not on this plane. Yeah. It's also, I like planes for um, catching up on movies mm-hmm. too. <laughs> so many things I don't see or yeah, miss out on. Absolutely. And I just really like those, those spaces of time. Like a four to five hour flight is just this really ideal kind of detox mm-hmm. of the world yeah <laughs> and then you get off and you rejoin society again and it's it's really i kind of hope that wi-fi doesn't get on every plane everywhere yeah. and i know that it will right you know in five years there will just be like no such thing as not having wi-fi on a plane i'm sure but i do like it i, I, like I feel it. the same way and i think it's it's funny that it takes it's funny that you know one way of escaping is you know to be the person who goes out and goes camping, yeah, and and that feels like a very specific disconnect on every level from mm-hmm. technology, and then you have this other version right where you are relying on a piece of modern technology <laughs> yes. to disconnect you from the rest of technology. There's something really amazing about out. that. I think I mean it, it's something that only comes to you. I think after you are. Um, a heavy traveler yeah and you you because when you don't travel a lot and you fly there's so much to think about you know there, there's there's so many things you have to worry about and 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 it's all kind of new or infrequent but when you fly every couple of weeks it's just you know there's that whole stress but I actually like I love the period of time where you can just like have dinner and a beer in an airport bar and like read a book mm-hmm. that's great yep and I really love the period of time when you're just in the air and there's just nothing. Yeah. There's just nothing but movies or a book or whatever. Yeah. I, I, because I'm so easily distracted. Very much me, so. Like you're, you're forced yeah. to focus. Yep. And I love that. I totally I agree. That. I totally agree. Yeah. Especially, I mean, the, the, when you when you sort of talk about, I mean, it's funny that I feel like um, 
as a person as a person who has trouble focusing, something like high school uh, is kind of the devil because mm-hmm. you're you are juggling so many subjects and you yeah. also feel like it's out of your control because your the expectation is like you will have all this homework and you will have these varying things that you have to juggle and that feels very overwhelming uh, to many people whether or not they have any sort of like you know focus problems yeah but to feel like when you have that mountain of stuff and you, 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 something in you just kind of shuts down and you go, I don't know how I'm going to do any of this at all. So I just won't do any of it, which happens to a lot of kids yeah. versus, oh, well now it's my second time back at school, which I also did, mm-hmm. uh, in college. And I was so aware that like I had chosen to go back to school yeah. that second time after I dropped out yep. and I was going to take the classes I wanted to take, damn it. And I was going to, and and the freedom of like, you know what? I'm just going to take one class this semester. I have a job. I'm going to take this class or I'm going to take these two classes. And then, you know, six months later go, I'm going to tell my job that I need to take more school and I'm going to take four classes. I'm going to work part-time to feel like you're really driving that car, so to speak, (laughs) is such a different experience than feeling like it's all just kind of getting heaped on you. And it's funny that you know, for, for people like you and me to then choose a career where rather than have this quote unquote structure that you sort of <laughs> intuitively, like someone else would intuit, oh, you need to go in and check in and punch your time card every day because yeah. you need that kind of order or you'll just be a frazzled mess to then find a way to go, you know what, I'm going to actually, per- I'm going to embrace all of that. I'm going to be gone all the time. I'm yeah. not going to have a lot of regularity in my life. I'm going to work at home, but then maybe I'll go do this or maybe I'll take this on is that 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 would end up being the thing that you still feel comfortable with, I think is so interesting. Yeah, I've really had to work on it because I've been working from home for two years now. So I, I, for a long time, I was working in a comic book store, which is how I got into comics. And then I would do my own comic stuff on the side. So I would work from like 10 until six, I could come home and eat and I would draw and do internet stuff until midnight. And I would do that every day. And that was how, you know, people, people do this thing all the time where especially young people will get a level of success and quickly and you know people who are not as as tuned into social media and the way that um that kind of works now will be like oh you were an overnight success and it's like well no every day for a year i came home and put in six hours on top of my day job and only then could i start to like relax and not do it every day (laughs) it was like my name is sort of ubiquitous it's out there um and then people be like, oh, you didn't do any work. You were just like immediately successful. And right. I cannot help but roll my eyes at that. Cause it's like, no, no, I was just relentlessly ambitious, which yeah. is how I've always been. And um, yeah, so now that I've been working at home for two years, like I really, especially after I moved here, because when I lived back at home in Nova Scotia, um, my roommates had not super rigid work schedules. Like they, they would change a lot or one of them would be in school. So there were people around when I was working, but my boyfriend has like a steady normal day job. And so I'm home alone for like, you know, from like nine 30 until like six 30 or seven some days. And you really have to uh, force yourself to work. Cause sometimes I don't have that many hours of work in a day Yeah, and I'll just sit around kind of staring at the wall. Like what do yeah. I, what do I do now? Yeah. Which is how I also got into video games after I moved here. I can imagine. <laughs> Boy, that feels like time. a, that is a, that could be, if you, if someone said, we only invented video games for people who were their own boss, who yep. who needed a way to fill time so and still be sort of using, like solving puzzles. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, because I, I work differently than a lot of people where um, I, I can get writing done faster than a lot of people. And that's not a brag in any way because 
like, okay, so I'll write a script and it'll take me, you know, two solid days, whereas it might take somebody else a week, but I will sit on my computer for like seven hours and not move and just type in like intensely. And then I'll do that again the second day. And then for three days, I just have to do nothing Yeah. <laughs> after that. Like yeah. I have to recuperate, but you know, I mean, that's, that's that hyper-focus, right? Like that's still part of, you're easily distracted, but once you sit down to do something, it's like a laser mm-hmm. and that's how I've always been. So working from home is like, it's, it's having to actually make yourself sit down and only do three hours of work so that you don't have to have two full days of not eating or breathing right. or going to the bathroom. Like right. you sit there for six hours and you're like, oh, I haven't peed or eaten. Yeah. <laughs> like, Again, it I goes wrote- back to that concept exactly. of time thing too, exactly. right? But There's lots of different experiences of time. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm dying. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's having to force myself to actually do a little bit every day rather than doing that, you know, insane thing. Because if something comes up on one of those days you've set aside to write most of a script, you know, like you have to, you have to do an errand or you have to go work on something, then you're just like, that upsets the entire <sighs> very delicate balance. I don't know if you get that thing too, but once you've set a schedule, if something messes with it, it just like that sets off a panic for me. That is, yeah, and I've just, invited that life. Like yes. I've invited, <laughs> I every day is an invitation to yeah. set me off into a like. That's exactly what happened to me. The two nights ago, I was doing. I knew I was doing at midnight yesterday, mm-hmm. and the night before I was supposed to do at midnight. So Monday night, um, one of my agents called me at like seven o'clock at night and said, "Okay, this offer just came in for you to do this recurring role in this cool TV show. Yeah. They really want you, but you would have to work at eight thirty tomorrow. We'd mm-hmm. have to figure out to get away." to cancel and reschedule at midnight and uh, but you'd be done by two o'clock tomorrow in the afternoon like so simple has opened up I couldn't it's you. like a, <laughs> and and so when and and that is a perfect example of like quote-unquote good problems to have yeah no one saying it was like someone said you have to have surgery tomorrow it's yes. not that but just the sort of like whoa 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 why is this suddenly a thing how is this a thing why am i do so i have to i have to figure this out (laughs) i'm making a decision here you know opposed to someone just going no this change and and reacting to something changing is stressful enough but then being the person who has to ultimately decide Mm -hmm. which it wasn't really i mean the nice thing was i was able to say i don't feel this is a decision that can be made because it would be really shitty to do that to Ed midnight and Mm -hmm. i love doing that show Mm -hmm. so we just didn't do it but for that 20 minutes where i was taking the process of deciding very seriously and my agents are wonderful and they they don't ever pressure me um and so they were like no no, no it's whatever you want to do like if you feel really strongly about this show we'll get into it with that midnight that but if you of, don't no big deal and i'm like no worse. you tell me just what to tell do me what you to tell do. me what to do just tell me what to do like yeah. oh my god and it literally is the joke that like when i'm stressed out and my boyfriend asks me what i want for dinner i'm just like Please just take this out of my hands. Could not, could not relate more. Could not <laughs> relate more. And I'm getting better or, at or saying like, that. And then, he'll, and then he'll offer two things. Right. And I'm like, right. no, no, no. That's still a choice. No, no, no. no. Just, yeah. Just pick it. Just pick but it. But don't you feel fine. like, do you feel like you're getting better at seeing that? Because I feel like I'm getting better yeah, at well, identifying it and being able to, rather than taking that on and not just saying, like there was a time at which I would take that on. I wouldn't say I can't make that decision. Mm-hmm. I would take that into account also and then everything else would fall apart and yeah. I would be moody towards the person who had asked me that rather yeah. than I think I'm getting better at saying, you know what, that is, that's one decision too many. Please just tell us what we're doing. Just well, you decide and I'm going to be great with it no matter what it is because whatever happens, it will be worse if I try to enter into this decision process. Well, I did, you know, the most Los Angeles thing when I moved here and started seeing a therapist and that has like helped 
exponentially. Was that something that you had not done up to that point? No, which oh, I mean, when, you, when okay. you look at the comics I made when I was like 20 and 21, um, you'd be like, oh my God, why were you not talking well, to someone? I, you know what, <laughs> though? You were expressing it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, the, I think the, the scarier thing is, oh, I wasn't doing anything. I was in a church group when <laughs> secretly I felt all of these ways and I never told anyone. Yeah. But if you were expressing it, that's a form of therapy. It was. And, you know, we talk about it now, but it, it honestly has like, and I, I've been making comics about that too. Like the comics about therapy, which is just so like meta and cyclical. Um, and uh, I had to give one to my therapist, which was like terrifying. <laughs> but oh, she liked yeah. it. So thank God. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, I, I started doing that because uh, when I first moved here, I got like cripplingly depressed. Like I could well, not get a, out of bed it's a for massive change. Weeks. Yeah. And, I and was, by the way, I feel like it's a massive change for someone to move from San Diego to Los Angeles, <laughs> much less Nova Scotia. In the middle of nowhere. And uh, I, you know, and I, I'm sure you experience this too, if you're in that same sort of personality type where you feel like you can handle just about anything, you know, and pretty much anything comes along and you have that fake it till you make it thing. And you're just like, yeah, I can do that. So I was like, I got through the entire process of, of getting my visa, which is an enormous, oh, horrific undertaking. Absolutely awful. It took a year and yeah. so much money. Yeah. Just so much money. Ugh. And I finally got here and I was like, I did that. I did the hard part. It's going to be fine. And then you don't realize that you've changed your climate in every possible way. And you are completely separated from your network of people. It was the first time I've lived away from my mom my entire life. Yeah. And like all of my friends. And I was just like, this will be fine. I know people out here. And it's like, oh, no, you, you casually know people from a work experience out here. You don't right. have like your best friends that you can get drunk with and cry about your problems. Right. Because right. you might work together on books. And right. You don't, <laughs> don't know. You don't know. And I mean, those people have become closer friends since yeah. I've been here. But it was it was horrifying. And so I, I finally kind of broke down and, and started Sorry if this is like over personal, but um, welcome to my podcast, Kate. <laughs> I was, I listened to it. And I was like, this is fine. Um, I started doing that, and it it really has like changed so much. And and I've kind of quietly become like an advocate for it. Me too, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, because I think so much of my reticence to do it um, was that you feel like when you're the kind of person who feels like you can handle anything, you feel like you can, that's a failure of some kind. It's a failure, yeah. you know, relying on someone else. And also I have like a deep distrust of people I don't know, especially if I'm paying them, it feels like, well, how can I trust you? If I'm just giving you money to care about my problems, like yeah. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm very paranoid. And, and, and so that was really, really hard. Um, but it's been like the best thing I've ever done. And, you know, so that kind of stuff and that organization. And I thought about that because, um, literally last week um i had one of those huge conflict issues come up so my mom's coming into town and we were planning on going to to disneyland because they do a gay day oh nice and, yeah, yeah 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 and it's the day after my birthday so i was like this will be amazing we're gonna go and, and my mom's like super into it she's like i'll bring my rainbow tutu i love your so mom I'm, she's incredible <laughs> <laughs> and so she was really excited about that and then I got this email that was like, hey, we want to bring you in for this meeting with these showrunners of this thing. And it's like a huge, really, really good career opportunity for me because I'm like just trying to get into animation in, in L.A. So you don't want to turn down anything. Right. right? In the beginning, you're just like, <laughs> if I can get in the room, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so I, had, I like went to my therapist and I was like, what do I do? I can't make this choice. And she's like, you obviously take the job. <laughs> Because right. she's here for a week. Why don't you just go to Disneyland? Make your a make it day. your own gay day. Yeah, yeah. And that was the thing. And I was like, but it won't be gay. And she's like, but you will be there, so <laughs> it will be. <laughs> I was like, fair point. 
Disney's yeah. always at least a little bit gay anyway, so it's fine. Um, so that that was hilarious because I just was so overwhelmed by what anyone else would look at and go, this is the obvious solution. But I was like, no, but I planned this. And right. then the plan changed. Yeah. And I cannot handle yeah. it. So. Yeah, and it is this, like, that's that, that... It, it's taken me a long time and I, there's so much of that still, as we were saying, where I, there's still so much that's out of my hands. Yeah. Uh, particularly if you're doing a show that, you know, is, that has a really tight schedule, but also no money and they have to switch things around all the time mm-hmm. and just sort of like be reactive instead of proactive. Um, and, and it's, it's unsettling to sort of be told like, no, 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 you belong to us. So <laughs> this is changing as of right now. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a, and I wonder if that's an only child thing too. Cause there is this, some, there's something know. about it that feels very dangerous, even though it is in no way dangerous no. on any level. The it still schedule? feels like, I don't know if I should let you take this from me. Like, I don't know <laughs> if I should let you tell me what I'm supposed to be doing yeah. instead of looking at it, like feeling like that, feeling like, well, they're making me not go to gay day. I, that can't be good. I don't know so, if I want to work for those people. <laughs> no, but, but that's so absurd because it's like, no, this is such an amazing opportunity. Yeah, and instead I have of seeing to do it, it that way, instead of but, seeing it as like, oh my God, this door opened and I this other thing my schedule has changed. Like there is, you will never see me like more stressed out than when, um, cause I also hate being late for things like movies or comic conventions. Like, you will never see me more stressed out or like lash out more than if like we're on our way to a movie. I know we have exactly enough time to get there and like get snacks and get a decent seat. And then there's like traffic or someone will be like, why don't we go do this other thing first? And just something in me snaps. I'm like, (laughs) no, (laughs) we are not going to do, we have to. And I will just freak out and I'm working on that. Um, but it is definitely something like we went, so we went to this convention this past weekend and, um, I was staying with some friends and we were driving to the convention hotel, which was a Marriott. And my friend put it in her GPS and we got there and we were already kind of running late and I have like a pretty complicated table set up and we drove to the wrong Marriott. And so I knew we were going to be late and I just like snapped and Mm. I, I had to like reel myself back in right away because it's the most unimportant thing like who cares and, and, if you're and 10 you, minutes late and you see and 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 what's frustrating is like you see the results of it not mattering within mm-hmm. two hours of the freak out yeah of course and it's like how can i fast forward to be in that place and yes. just skip this mess of my brain and just so insane because all the people in the, the that i was with in the car were just like whoa <laughs> like we're gonna be fine. Yeah. I was like, no, you don't understand. You don't. I have this finite time yeah. schedule in my head, and yeah. we can't fix that. And that is, I mean, because I've had to schedule everything so rigidly to to, to get everything done and to get everything done. Like now, when when stuff messes with that, I'm just like, oh, okay, okay, it's cool. It's not the end of the world, Kate. It's not the end of the world. I think that's huge, and that's just. I mean, there we go back to the concept of time again, which is that there are there are just things that we have to put in the hours to become comfortable with. Yeah. And then, and, and that's something that, you know, all older people tell younger people and it's, it's a total blind non-concept when you're younger. There just isn't a way it's all experiential. It's like, you can't, you can't even begin to understand that you need the time and experience to have the time and experience they're telling you you need. It's <laughs> yeah. this weird cycle where only after you've learned that, and would tell it to someone else, does it become useless for you to tell them? <laughs> it's yeah. like, if only I could so just, because I remember when I was also felt like, don't tell me it's going to take time. 
because I don't have time. But now I get that. But now you can't hear me say that. Got it. Got it. Got it. There's we can't. There's we're just there's a chasm separating the version of me that's back there. That's someone else now. And Mm -hmm. the person who told me like Janet just going to get easier you just will there's just an accumulation of experience where like with flying you're just doing it so much that it loses its power to Mm -hmm. be super anxiety inducing or super this or super that that there's something about it that the the older you get the more time you've lived on the earth the more those things kind of collapse into oh, well, now I am going to skip ahead to the part where it doesn't matter anymore. At least I hope so. I hope that that becomes shorter so you're kind of time traveling to, oh, well, in an hour from now, I'm going to be like rueful and apologetic to the person I'm with because Mm -hmm. I'll be in a fine mood again and they will look at me like, what happened to the monster that was there (laughs) one hour ago about setting up your table? Hopefully the monster will sort of like start to come up and you go, I don't have time for you. Like in a second, this is not going to be an issue. You know, that's the dream. That's the dream. And I actually find it a lot easier when I'm sort of caretaking for somebody else. And by which I mean, like I'm a better traveler when I travel with someone less experienced 100% because you take on that sort of role of, uh, I know what to do because I do. I mean, I know everything to do in airports. Absolutely. I I've traveled through the Canadian U S border so many times. I know how to get through that stuff. Yeah. I know, you know, I know what to pack. I know how to, where to go. I know all the things. And, but when I travel alone, <laughs> you know, a, a, a something that goes wrong will completely unhinge me. But if I travel with someone else and something goes wrong, I'm like, no, this is fine. I got this. Isn't that funny? I, yeah. Yeah. I think it's absolutely true. And I, I mean, that's a cousin, right. Of why people in crisis, who are going to programs and stuff are told to be of service because there is something so wonderful about being in a space where you're a person who has experience or wisdom and can bring that to the table rather yeah. than having to just manage your own life because there's so much room in our minds for things to kind of crinkle and crumple. But if you have somebody else you're accountable to who needs you, then that space kind of gets pushed aside because you're, you know, doing things in consideration of someone else and in, in with the ability to go, oh, wait, you're me seeing you freak out reminds me that I do that. But yeah. actually, let me be the one in this situation yeah, to say it's no big deal. People makes you less yeah. anxious or it makes me less anxious. Like, I, I mean, I, you know, get those sort of depressive mood swings that so many people do where you'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm worthless. Like everything I do is terrible and, and you can't pull yourself out of it. But when you see someone else do it, you're so good. Oh my God. I love it. when friends call <laughs> me when I'm in a bad space. I love when they call me with their problems because yeah. it po- fully pulls yeah, me I'm out like, Wait, of no, my I can, own I can shit. fix this. I have something that yes. I have control over yes. and I can make this better because I know the things to say. Yeah. And it is hard because like, I mean, I love traveling with my boyfriend because he is a less experienced traveler than I am so I I feel like I've got it when it comes to like the seats and the planes and the baggage and, and going through all that stuff and like I got that but then he is so much more chill about everything you know he's just an even keel in so many ways and and he will like take care of things for me when I forget to eat at my table which I always do always I will sit down at 10 in the morning the show goes to seven and at six I'll be like why do I feel like I'm dying on the yeah. inside? Like, I, oh, I haven't had any water. All I've had is coffee yeah. since this morning. And so he will do things like that and, and take care of you. But he's not super experienced at dealing with anxiety because he just doesn't have it. And, you know, like, man, I'm jealous of that. <laughs> yeah. But being around people who are, I think, is is so useful. And I like that I have friends who are that I can come to and go like, hey, I'm in my downward spiral. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Remember this version of me? Remember Hello. this version of me that hates everything? Yeah, feels yeah. Like I'm, I'm not, I've never done anything of value. And they're like, no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's really interesting. I kind of like that. I mean, I travel with my friend Brittany a lot too, and she doesn't really get that same kind of anxiety. She's also like, I've sort of surrounded myself with people who are pretty chill mm-hmm. <laughs> and can like calm me, Yeah, which is really nice. I think that's really useful. But again, like she also doesn't travel as much. So I'm like... I got this. But that's it. That's that copacetic thing. And I think that's where, you know, we re- we sort of are reminded that we're such social creatures is and why people seek out one on one monogamous relationships or seek out relationships with more than one person that feels like it creates some sort of balance in your yeah. own life. And this person brings this to me and this person brings this to me. And and uh, and maybe we'll see more of that as time goes on and there's less kind of. Like like sort of societal constructs around relationships, Um, but that feeling of this person's got me on this, and then I've got them on that. Like that's a really powerful feeling, and that's very human, right? I think is to have that sort of I need someone to catch me when I fall, but I I would never want to have a relationship with someone where it's all one sided, and that's what happens. I have to be able to have an exchange where that person can absolutely depend on me as well, you know? Yeah. I couldn't imagine at this point in my life, I mean, I'm also like really happy with my boyfriend who's great, um, but I couldn't imagine again being in a relationship with someone who is like as neurotic and, and high, uh, what's the, like high demand <laughs> as I am, um, high maintenance, I guess. I I mean, I you, you know, you when you're in relationships with people like that, it's always like really intense and some parts of that can be really incredible, but the lows of that are just horrible. So I, I really love, you know, being with someone who is, you know, Sweden, it's not like, it's not like in any capacity, he's like boring. He's super. Funny. No, but if he has the ability to kind of see through to the other side, I think yeah. sometimes that's what the consistency is with people who, who can provide that in a relationship is not that they aren't feeling things, but they somehow have a closer connection to like the idea of things kind of staying okay. Yeah. And that, that they can be at that place. And, and then you're sort of doing a little yeah. more of a jagged thing, yeah. but they're not, it's not, if they're not being taken on for, that ride that has nothing to do with anything other than wherever their brain waves are they're just like oh i have this like overall experience of who kate is and it includes that and it also includes this and it also includes this and includes that and i know that that's what that's what i signed up for mm-hmm. and that's not about anything other than i ha- i i've chosen to love all the way through all of those different versions because it's worth it and it's interesting and exciting and fun and powerful and that and and he probably doesn't need to be with someone where they're both just kind of like anyway you know like it's this (laughs) you know i think there's there you guys are both getting something very important out of it yeah i think i think it is a really really good balance and you know you have to go through so many of the terrible balances to get to like the really good one and it was totally worth moving to america for (laughs) i mean like you know politically uh, depending but um oh boy yeah (laughs) i don't i don't even want to like think about it um do i have to move back to canada in two months Mm. who knows but i'm um, coming (laughs) but no it's it's been really great and i I do honestly like feel so much more even than i kind of ever have in my life and i've always been you know high or low and and in a very and creative people are like that sometimes you know but how but how cool to have to realize that you can go to therapy have a good relationship and still make art yeah and that was the thing you know when i first went one of my number one stipulations was that i don't want to be medicated um in any kind of major way right you know like 
my mom was in, in a lot of different ways in my life. And I've kind of seen how it can affect people positively and negatively. And I, and also from being on Ritalin, like I'm so afraid of my temperament of my like creative ability being, uh, affected by medication and, and changing who I am because I, I feel like I'm really at a point where like, I know. And that's, and that's why it's such a tricky subject and why people have to kind of find out what works for them because it's yeah. true. It's like one medication can make someone feel like they're not themselves. And that same medication can make someone else feel like they're able to be themselves yeah. and there's no right or wrong answer necessarily. No, it's absolutely. so, but it's like, there's so many variables. I know. And it works really, really well for some people. And I've caught, I've come around, you know, after, cause I've been seeing her for so many months. I've come around to like, yeah, I, I, I totally get it. And I, I know that that's like completely necessary for some people. And, and I think it's incredible. Um, but I, I definitely love that, you know, she's sort of been willing to work with me on like cognitive behavioral therapy instead of absolutely because I know some that was my fear you know where where somebody goes to a therapist and right away they're like oh we're gonna put I can see what you need to be on yeah yeah and I was just like no no thank you please yeah um and that's been really really helpful because she like gives me homework and tasks and I'm great at tasks yeah I love having assignments yeah that I can do because that feels the, the results from that feel very tangible and you can actually see it working rather than, you know, something that's a little more wishy-washy. I like that. I think and that's that great. really works for me. And that's been just enormously helpful. And it's, it's nice that I've finally gotten back to a place where I feel like I can make, you know, personal art again, which I didn't for a long time because I felt like my emotions were just like way, way, way too intense to do that and it's been awesome so i'm i'm really glad i'm so glad i'm so glad uh i think there's a lot of really inspiring stuff uh in here you guys i hope that you feel the same way i want to get into this mash game okay um uh so the first one i'm going to do just because we've kind of talked about our own um tendencies or 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 you know certain skills or feeling like we could use uh, other kind of tools um in our daily lives let's do uh, one of my faves which is uh, you wake up tomorrow and uh, kind of matrix style you've downloaded three new skills oh, uh, and not necessarily like superhero skills but mm-hmm. definitely like i can manage this better or i suddenly know how to speak x language or all languages or whatever Ooh. um three things that would be exciting too that normally someone would be like oh you have to put in your ten thousand hours or tomorrow you can go actually okay okay i feel like this is i'm gonna think this is easy but then as soon as i start doing it i'm gonna be like well um i would love to be really great at i, I would say piano as a specific instrument but like being able to compose music in, in mm-hmm. some way. Sure. Cause I, I, I love writing lyrics to things, but I have no like musical knowledge. Oh, this is great. Um, this is yeah. exactly what this category is. Yeah. For. So that, so music composition is music what composition, I put in. Being able to like write little ditties and, and songs great. to go with stuff, because especially as I'm sort of getting into animation now, like the, the ability to write songs for shows mm-hmm. is something that I, actively want to learn and and i think it's one of my goals for the next year is to like get a keyboard and at least basically figure it out but music uh passed me by growing up i was just never i never did it so okay so there's that um i would yeah the language thing is great because i i'm basic in french but i would love to be competently fluent Mm -hmm, great because i one one of my best friends is is french and i i wish like i can read it if I take my time yeah, and I can hear it if people speak slowly and it's yeah. not too complicated yeah, because Same. you learn it in Canada. I mean, growing up, no, you sure, have to sure. take French, but I, a lot of it's left me. What else? Oh my gosh. Um, some of it is artistic. Um, yeah, but 
I'm thinking some of his like increases of skills I already have because I don't want to say like draw because I can draw. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, um, 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 uh, God, I don't know. Oh, I wish I was. I wish I knew how to do special effects makeup. Great. Yeah. Great. Because <laughs> that was something I also st- almost studied, but you can't learn it in like Nova Scotia, Canada. You right. Move. Right. And it's very expensive. Right. So, yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. Perfect. Um, okay, great. Let's do uh, three vacation homes, a place that we'll just pretend it's like easy for you to get to. So it's yeah. not about the sort of TSA of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are three uh, non-existent places uh, in the way that we know them. So this could be like Narnia. It could be mm-hmm. Tatooine. It could be okay. anything or, or can be someplace here, but that is impractical, like underwater or on the moon. Right. Okay. Um, the Shire. Great. Number one. No question. <laughs> great. Oh, gosh. I have so many, like, fictional worlds. Um, and let me say this. I'm going to give you also that you can go... This will be the next category. You can go live inside a movie where oh. you're not a character. It's not that you're living out the plot, but that you're able to just engage with those characters and live and move around and be free and safe. So uh, I can put the Shire in here, or I can sort of put Lord of the Rings world No, like in. the Shire specifically. Yeah, okay, great. I mean, Rivendell's cool, too, but the Shire is more my okay. vibe. So just FYI, know <laughs> that if you... Like, for example, if you were to say, like... Hogwarts I would be like well know that you also have the option of saving that and doing Harry Potter as a movie yeah that's my other one okay and like just the the Harry Potter okay I'm gonna put that in do you want me to put that in as movie you can jump into uh or still okay yes I would say like Harry Potter like (laughs) pre-war yeah great 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 before everything got real fucked up before everyone died yeah When Sirius was still alive. So like the early part of book three, I'm very specific about my Harry Potter. Right. No, no, no. I I've totally been, understand. Someone tweeted it this morning and I'm trying to convince my boyfriend that we should go as Remus and Sirius for Halloween. Sure. Absolutely. Really want to. Absolutely. Um, you should. I'm trying to think of other fictional. So yeah, if you want to flip back and forth, like if you yeah, want to sort yeah, of do that with it. movies, if you think of something that's a move, that's a whole kind of movie with the characters and stuff, you can put it in that category or you can have it be <gasps> like Halloween Town. In Nightmare Before Christmas? Yes. Probably. I guess that's movie category. I'm going to put that over there. Um, And also, if like you, we get to the end, I'm really making up a lot of rules as I go. I guess that's the nature of this game. Um, Also, if for some reason you're like, listen, I would love to choose a fictional place, but can one of them also just be New Zealand? Then I also am like, well, yeah, I'm not going to tell you. You can't have a real. Yeah, because that's why I said the Shire, because originally I was going to say New Zealand, and I was like, oh, well, then this is just the fictional version. Well, let me just do New Zealand Zealand as the other one. (laughs) You really stand an excellent chance at this point of being in a very green New (laughs) Zealand slash Shire like area. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my dream place. Yeah. Um, anywhere that's I don't know. I'm not my dream places are never like super metropolitan areas. Um, okay, in the third movie, I guess, and I'm probably going to have a very similar one for location. Um, Practical Magic. Oh yeah. I specifically yeah. want to live in that house. Oh my god, Practical I love Magic. that movie so much. It is like my favorite movie ever. <laughs> it's, I really love it. It's. I so think good. it gets. I think that it's. It's one of those that, like, for some reason, it's not particularly cool to say that you love. You know what I mean? It's not like saying you Whatever. love the Royal Tenenbaums. It's yeah. such a fun well, movie. Well, my favorite movies are, like, Practical Magic, Josie and the Pussycats, and Legally Blonde. Great. None, none of which are, like, criteria. Right, films. right. <laughs> <laughs> but as I get older and as I watch and rewatch them, I realize that they're just, like, some of the best actual, like, sisterhood movies, you know? Legally Blonde 
surprisingly feminist when you come back to absolutely it. So it's literally all about a girl turning down a shitty dude to like pursue her career yeah. and find herself and who also was like oh i'm not gonna do it the way everyone else does exactly. and i'm still gonna kick ass that movie was i mean my guiding light when i was working on my visa that was like my you know her oh, big like great. Yes. her big move and the musical also yeah uh, which is incredible um, so that just leaves us with one non-movie potentially uh, or 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 real life place if you want to go down the road. I'm sure I'll think of this later and be like, oh, the obvious thing. Um, that is 100% what will happen. What, what you'll do, right? When you're put on the spot, you can't really think of it. A fictional You have to place. go back to your improv roots, my dear. You'd think it would be easier, <laughs> wouldn't you? I'm just like in mentally going through my bookshelves, yeah. you know, what, yep, what sure. I like for fictional places. Because um, I'm not, I mean, I'm not that into Narnia it just hmm. yeah me neither i don't know i don't know what's a fictional like version oh ooh, i gotta pick a specific one i was it gonna could be like out of a comic or you know what yeah. i mean it doesn't have to be can i just say like the ghibli universe in general yes like, ghibli movies <laughs> just like everything how's how's moving castle kiki's absolutely. delivery soup it's just like the sweet Yes. softness 100% understand yeah. okay I that's know. great all my beautiful places are like anti-anxiety places <laughs> you can tell or like something calm yeah. and green with yes. like really nice cakes right there <laughs> right there with you okay so this is the next uh, this is a classic mash category question which is uh, alternate universe sexy times or love or wife or husband you can think long term you can think short term yeah um, uh, three and I mean it can be like you know famous people but it could also be like fictitious characters it could be just right. a character oh, that one right. famous person played in a movie or oh anything God. like that okay uh number one <laughs> number one is lin-manuel miranda wonderful my fantasy husband wonderful <laughs> um oh scully specifically great not, not just jillian anderson yeah. but scully great 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 uh, there's so many. <laughs> I have a crush on everyone. It's, I'm just like, who have I thought about in the last 24 hours? <laughs> it's bad. Um, there's some that I'm not going to say because I'm friends with them. Fair, fair. Um, who's number three? Ooh. Who's... Yeah, I'll just go with Sirius Black. Great. Sure. <laughs> great, 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 great. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful choice. Okay. Uh, next category, three foods that uh, in this life that we live in right now are probably not great to have all the time or mm-hmm. are just impossible to have all the time because it's one specific thing that yep. you can't just have whenever you want it. Yes. Um, three, uh, so it could be as specific as like this very specific cookie that you used to get at blah, 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 or it could just be cookies. Um, three. Um dragon rolls for great. sushi great the like super fancy ones they make that really look like dragons mm-hmm. oh those. yes yeah there's a place in downtown burbank that does that that i it's like my special treat i'm gonna have to <laughs> get that name offline so it's we don't reveal great. the secret um they're really good what else what are like my favorite things in the world to eat um that you're like of, god i wish i could just eat that all day but i can't because it would i know make me because sick. it would kill you right. um i'm trying to think of what that is like, this is really boring, but my favorite food in the world is Cobb salads. <laughs> I know it's really boring. It's a great combo. But it's like a superfood. It's a food. great, delicious it's like combo everything you like in one yeah. food. So it's I'm got put, salty, crunchy, but it's not fatty. Really, it's not, yeah, yeah, it's not really bad for you. You could probably literally eat that all day and you would be fine. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess it depends on how much bacon and blue cheese yes. you're talking See, about. See, I don't eat the blue cheese, though. Yeah. So it's just the bacon. So yeah. you went easy on that. But you know what? Like, I, I embrace this. Your Cobb salad. I think it's great. I love Cobb salad. The perfect Cobb salad. Also, because sometimes you can get a Cobb salad that you're like, mm, 
guys, come on. You could have stepped this up a tiny bit. Yeah, that's true. It's usually a safe order, though. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pick something that's like super unhealthy for the last one so okay. that it makes sense. Um, marble cake. Great. You know the cake that's like half vanilla, half chocolate? Yeah. That's my jam. I think it's great. You've managed to smush two cakes into one category. Well, yeah, that's I, I was going to do like ice cream cake, so it was all the things at once. Oh, but I don't actually really too. like ice cream cake. No. I like my ice cream and my cake separate. Good for you. I do too. Yeah. Um, I like the first bite, and then I'm like, oh, wait. This is turning into a sog <laughs> well, I'm fest. I'm kind of lactose intolerant, so I can't yeah, eat like a lot of either one. I'm yeah. super into mint ice cream, but I want mm. I go and I'm like, can I have like the half kids cup can i have yeah. like a toddler amount please yeah. <laughs> a tablespoon would can be you great. just take a spoon and fling it at me and whatever lands in my mouth <laughs> that's what i'll eat, eat. That. i will eat that for sure perfect mm-hmm. perfect okay next we're gonna do like a uh, 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 sort of best friend fictitious uh, or re- real living or dead historical whatever you want this is sort of a person that um you can call for advice uh Ooh. you know who's always excited to take your call oh my God. And it's not just a mentorship. It's like yeah. that person still, you know, gets lots out of you. It's not okay. like, hi, okay. sorry to call again. Well, then uh, Elle Woods from right. Legally Blonde. I feel like she would be an awesome best friend. Right. Uh, Galadriel. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who you know, if like you were on friendship status, she'd sort of let that queen thing down. Oh, absolutely. Every once absolutely. in a while. And like. Absolutely. And you would feel like, yeah, I'm in, like, I'm in this tiny little world. Dish yeah. with Galadriel. That'd yeah. be great. She'd be an awesome best friend. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I'm trying to think of like comics and stuff like that too, but it's always movies that come to mind because they're, you know, visually it gets to you. Oh, faster. absolutely. Absolutely. Who would be a really good best friend? Um, oh, wow. Those two were so easy and just came to me like nothing. Oh, these are, I guess it's because we've all been talking about the same things. Um, like Valerie from the Josie and the Pussycats movie, I feel like would be an amazing best friend. Great. That's Rosario Dawson's character. Great. So just Valerie. Cause I almost think that Rosario Dawson would just be awesome. Yeah. No, she would be an amazing yeah. best friend. No, She's I love that. I love really it. Cool. Obviously we know a little more about her character than we do know about her as a person. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, okay. This, I'm going to do this one. This is, um, a new mash that I think, one of my listeners, I think Marcelo maybe sent this to me or maybe it was Christian. Sorry, guys. I ha- I made a list that was very careful and now I see that um, I can't tell who said who, what. <laughs> but uh, this is, and this is a tough one because sometimes for me, time travel stuff is tricky because I get real in my head about not wanting to change anything. Mm-hmm. But, um, but let's do this one. This is... Uh, uh, you travel back in time to visit your teenage self. You are unable yeah. to forcibly change moments that occurred or will occur. Like, you know, you're going to steal candy from the store and get punished, but you're unable to prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. But what's a piece of advice that you would give yourself? Oh my God. So you're not changing anything, but you're sort of taking the context of what you were doing and going, Hey kid, listen, let me just tell you this. It's funny. Cause of course it goes back to like the thing we were talking about where yes. it's hard because would that teenage version, you know, take that advice. Oh but my God. I'm trying to think of ones that are not not like too personally revealing fair enough fair <laughs> enough it's like don't date x person uh, yeah um no i hmm what would i say it's hard because like for a long time i thought i would tell myself not to drop out of college but i wouldn't have the career i had yeah. if i didn't drop out of college so so maybe your advice is like don't it's okay that you're doing this it's yeah. gonna lead somewhere you know i might say like go to therapy younger <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's great. probably one of them great um, also, I think it's totally fair for you to say, don't bother with this person. Just don't tell me that who that person's yeah. name is. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I would say be more forgiving of your mom. Great. And 
Uh, oh, start saving money. Great. Yep. <laughs> Younger. Yep. These are all very good. <laughs> yes. Great, great, great. I did not start doing that until I was like, yeah, mm, like four years ago. Yeah. Great, great, great. <laughs> um, okay. Here's the last one that I'm going to make up on the spot based on what we've stuff we've talked about. And you might be like, this is the worst idea ever, but what would be, I'm thinking of like three, if you can, three musicals mm-hmm. that whose, whose worlds and futures beyond that musical get expanded into like graphic novels. Whoa. So like, oh, I get to see Elle Woods in graphic novel form in this whole other adventure that she has or, you know. Right. Well, me and Hamilton. Great. Although like after it, every, I mean, okay. I would love to do the book where Hamilton and Amber are ghosts. Great, 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 great. Like haunting an inn in like the 1800s. People, a lot of people are going to listen to this and go, please do that immediately, Kate. We need more. And they're still like working out their uh-huh. shit like long after it. Like they're still, they become like this grumpy old couple that are like haunting a tavern in Maryland. This is wonderful. Um, that's my dream. Um, the Heather's musical oh, is great. incredible. And I would love to work on anything in that universe love it one of the best ones and um oh my god i mean see i'm, I'm tempted towards legally blonde just because i like that musical but pro- i would probably go for wicked just yeah because absolutely. like that it lends itself beautifully the, the books, too the later books are not that great there you go. Not that let's great. fix that <laughs> let's fix that via mash um okay now the okay. final piece of mash of course is just that i need to tell uh, you to tell me when to stop okay mm, stop Pause this. I'm going to do uh, a little bit of non-math. Come back with your 100% guaranteed MASH future. Perfect. Uh, Yeah. Special shout out to Sailor Moon and Buffy. (laughs) Yeah. The two things that I forgot to mention, like the universes that I'm literally wearing a Sailor Moon t-shirt right now. I know. And I couldn't see it or I probably would have been like, oh, wait. Well, it's not really officially Sailor Moon. It's it's Sailor Moon wearing like a PVC bathing suit who has just robbed a bank. It's amazing. I'm really (laughs) really into it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. So first of all, I want to congratulate you on the nonstop dragon rolls that yes. look like actual dragons that are at your disposal. Also something I feel like you digested. can eat forever and yeah. maybe not die. Oh, great. No, they're yeah. great. And you get the power of a dragon every time. I know I'm do- getting older because I was like, what's the healthiest food you could eat? I know. <laughs> and still feel okay. I, just, I don't even want to fantasize a world about in which I like eat brownies for I every meal. Ugh. Um, okay, so unlimited dragon rolls. Nice. Um, uh, I have to assume that part of the reason because sushi is not cheap that you're able to afford them is that you started saving very young, yes. very Good. young when future you <laughs> just told, you know, planted that seed for younger you. Mm-hmm. Um, you also, that probably is also why you have a beautiful house in New Zealand. Oh, lovely. Uh, and when you are like, you know what, LA and New Zealand, guys, I just need something a little different. I want you to know you can jump in to the practical magic world. Yes. Oh, my beautiful yeah. house on an island in Massachusetts. I'm very Which is like where I actually that. hope to end up and die. Well, and like, there you go. In basic, I want to live in like the town from Casper and Practical Magic. Yeah, there you I go. assume they're all the same small New England all town. All the same small New England town <laughs> where people are really good at making pies and mm-hmm. they pick berries and just leave them out on their driveway for people to take because yes. they have more than they need. And absolutely, there are witches. <laughs> and absolutely, 100% there are witches. I have to tell you about the new show that I'm on, which is... Yes. Uh, it takes place in a small New England town yes. and it involves witches. Oh my God. Um, my but dream. maybe not the way you want it to. Okay. Uh, anyway. Uh, okay. So uh, you also have the fantastic uh, ability to compose music. Oh, wonderful. 
that could be, I feel oh, that that's days. imminent in real life as well. Yeah. Um, that actually is going to come in handy because you're, you're working on, there's going to be a musical component, as everyone will insist, to this uh, Hamilton Ghosts <laughs> further exploration post-musical. Oh, so thank you on behalf of, of everyone. Thank you for providing <laughs> that. And uh, that this is all uh, something that you share with both your dear friend, Elle Woods. <laughs> so you still got some Legally Blonde in there, well, which I is mean, wonderful. She, was, she ends up in Massachusetts so like, it go. makes sense that there you go each other. and then the uh, another person who's going to be quite at home in that world uh, Mr. Sirius Black <laughs> so well well I think it done. would be a conflict of interest if I were both married to Lin-Manuel Miranda that's right. and writing that's going to be too tough you're gonna, too it's going to be too tough it's just awkward I mean listen uh, Kate <laughs> this has been so fun uh, the, the people could not have been more right about um, you being the perfect guest for the podcast oh, thank, thank you, you so much I'm so glad I got you within your first LA year I know and I'm now fresh. I feel like we'll probably find out that we're at we're at some cons together although i don't have many more i think i'm in portland I'm at the end of this the year. year i'm nice. so excited nice yes and i'm going to new york near comic-con cool uh so those are my two but um uh, where where would you like people to go that's the most immediate easy place to follow you to see everything you're up to and all that twitter i'm, I'm very simple um I, everything is just kate left great um it's kateleff.com at kate left on twitter at kate left on instagram the only great. place that's different is tumblr which is kate or die but okay. i barely use it so right. yeah Start on Twitter and then go from there. Guys. Yes, that's what I yeah. say. Everything links to itself. Like a yeah. Big Ouroboros chain. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, and guys, well, I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Thank <laughs> you.